0: So today is, uh, we're going to continue in part four of the series, Enter God's Rest. This would be part number four. And uh, the scriptures that we, that this came off from, or this series started from, Hebrews chapter three, verses seven through eleven. I'm not going to read it today, but uh, we'll continue from that again. So today I want to continue talking about um, what we talked about about last week, we started talking about the things that kept the Israelites from entering God's rest. So there are certain things that kept them from entering into his rest. And we were in Numbers chapter 13 last week, and I'm just going to give a brief uh, review of what we talked about, just highlight a few things that I think we need to remember. So this was after the well, Moses was instructed to send out 12 spies, one leader from each tribe, and uh, to go and spy out the land or, or do reconnaissance on the promised land. And the spies returned, all 12 returned, and they were given their report. So they got a sneak peek of what was in the land, you know, the the what was... Planted, what were the buildings, the people that occupied the land, and so forth. And we, look at the, we looked at the responses of um, Joshua and Caleb. So you had 10 had a negative report and 2 had a good report, a favorable report. And the 2 were Joshua and Caleb. So we looked at the, the response based on the 2 versus the, the 10. And what was important, you know, Caleb and Joshua are saying, "Yes, we can do this. We are able to to go in and conquer and take this land." And the others, the other ten, said, "No, we can't do this. We are not capable." We also looked at the influence that leaders, because they didn't just choose twelve random people; they chose twelve leaders. So we saw the influence that leaders have and the effect they, have over the congreg- they had over the congregation. And of course, if ten leaders says we can't, and two says we can't, of course, the majority people are going to believe the majority. So, they brought the people, and because of what the leaders said, it brought the people to a point where they were considering a coup d'etat. They wanted to overthrow the existing leadership. They wanted to get rid of Moses and pick a new leader to take them back to Egypt. And we saw Moses' heart when the people were acting in that way. How he interceded for the people, reminding God what his promise was to the people. And the Lord recanted what he said he wanted to do based on Moses' prayer. That shows the relationship that God had with Moses. That God was willing to listen to what he had to say. And actually change his mind. But we also saw the Lord's patience with the people. And what was interesting, the Lord said, this is the tenth time these people have been testing me. This is number ten. And what we also saw that the Lord doesn't let rebellion go on forever. He said, this is number ten. This is it. Uh, Basically, I've had it with these people. But one thing, we did see that the Lord does not allow rebellion to go on forever. And we know He's not going to let rebellion go on forever. Because this whole system is going to come to an end. People, many people may not believe it, but it will. So we also saw that there are always there are negative consequences and there are positive consequences. Negative, if you're disobedient. And positive if you're obedient. Mm-hmm. Now we're talking in the context of a relationship with God and obeying God. And we know outside of God there is nothing else. Mm-hmm. But everything that is in our that affects us, that's in our fear of, sphere of influence, anything that has to do with our lives on this planet <clears throat> and the other planets that are around in this galaxy and the other galaxies, God has it all in the palm of His hand. Mm-hmm. And anything outside of his will, and anything happening outside of his will, is rebellion. But there are consequences to everything. Alright? I'm not going to get on a soapbox about that. And we also saw how the people were snared by their own words. God promised that the rebellious ones would not live to enter the promised land. Why? Because they said, it's better we died in the wilderness or we died in Egypt well guess what just what they said is what they got so understand that we cannot live any old way and expect to receive the promises of God many people make the mistake thinking I can live how I want I can do what I want and then come and say hey Lord I'm praying to you in Jesus name, could you do this X, Y, and Z? God said, hey, you're praying amiss, you're wasting your time coming to me asking for this. Cause whatever you're asking for is to, is to what? Satisfy your own desires and lust. You have, you not, you don't care about the things that concern me. You only care about your own self. So God is, you just can't live any old way and expect God to respond to your prayers. It's just not gonna happen. If he does that, he's going against his own word. And he, God will never go against his own word. Alright, so I want to continue today with the things that kept the Israelites from entering his rest. And I'd like us to go to Hebrews chapter 3, verses 12 through 19. Let me know when you're at Hebrews chapter 3, please. So that's just picking up from um, when I, the, the, the main text, which was Hebrews chapter 3, verses 7 through 11. I might just read that again. Let's start from uh, Hebrews chapter 3, verses 7. And then I'll read straight to um, verse 19. Let me know when you're there, please. Okay. So the Word of God says, Therefore, as the Holy Spirit says, and what's important with this, says, says is present tense. If you go back and read, this was also written in Psalm ninety-five, how many uh, way, hundreds of years before? And it says the Holy Spirit says, and here the writer is saying he didn't say the Holy Spirit said he said to, he says. Therefore, as the Holy Spirit says, okay, that's that's important. You pay attention to that. So that means it's right now, today. If you will hear His voice, do not harden your hearts as is in the rebellion. In the day of trial in the wilderness. Where your fathers tested me and tried me. And saw my works forty years. Therefore I was angry with that generation. And said they always go astray in their heart. And they have not known my ways. So I swore in my wrath. They shall not enter my rest. Now verse 12. Beware. Brethren. Lest, any, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. But exhort one another daily while it is called today. Lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. For we have become partakers of Christ if we hold the beginning, if we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast to the end, while it is said. Today, if you will hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion. For who have heard rebel? For who have heard rebelled? Indeed, was it not all those who came out of Egypt, led by Moses? Now, with whom was he angry forty years? Was it not with those who sinned, whose corpses fell in the wilderness? And to whom did he swear that they would not enter his rest, but to those who did not obey? So we see that they could not enter in because of unbelief. Alright, so if you, what, is, what was amazing about, um, if you go to verse 12, it says, Beware. He said beware after he, sa- he quoted what was said by the Holy Spirit back in Psalm 95. So beware is a warning. Beware, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief and departing from the living God. Lest anyone fail after the example, the same example of having an evil heart of unbelief. Because that is what was happening with the children of Israel, the congregation. He said, beware. This is a warning. Don't end up in the same place they were with an evil heart of unbelief. Having a heart hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. A desire to satisfy the flesh and not yield to the spirit. Wanting to do what seems right for themselves or for for self. He says today, today is now, in this moment, And every moment, do not harden your heart, tells me that there is a choice we have to make. He's saying today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your heart. He's saying this moment, when you hear his voice, when you hear the word, it could be audibly from someone else, it could be when you read in your Bible, the Spirit speaks to you, or as we talked about earlier, When you're praying, the Spirit speaks to you. That means you're being given a word. In that moment, obey it. The word you receive, obey it. Don't harden your heart. That's what it means today, now, in the moment. Do not harden your heart. When you you talk to people about Christ, when you talk to people about repenting of sin, they hear in a word and they choose whether they're going to obey or not obey. Everything is a choice. Everything is a choice. You have your children. You tell them, well in a nice way, you're trying to tell them what you would like them to do, how they need to conduct themselves. Now they choose whether they're going to listen to mom and dad or they're not going to listen to mom and dad. Mm -hmm. Even when they are small, they know how to say no. No means what? I want to do it my way. I don't want to do it your way. That's rebellion. And we laugh because we think it's cute. Then when they become teenagers, it's not cute anymore. When they say no, and they, well, whatever it is they will do. That's a spirit of rebellion. The choice is... Whether you're going to yield or not yield. Whether you're going to harden your heart or not harden your heart. The choice is up to the individual. And the children of Israel, the same thing. Even though they were congregation, individually they all had a choice whether to yield or not yield. Even though the leader said, no we can't do it. They have a choice to say, say, well, hmm, okay, that's what they said, but what do I believe? So they just went with what the masses said because of their own fear, because of their own insecurity, because of the desires of their own flesh. Now the key as I said is today when you hear his word do not disobey. We have to make a choice to obey. Now rebellion and disobedience are sin. The consequence is separation from God And the eventual result is death. Now what it said here in verse 19. It says what? Well verse 18. To whom did he swear that they could not enter his rest? But to those who did not obey. So we see they could not enter in because of unbelief. They could not enter in because I believe And one of the things I believe is that the root of unbelief is disobedience. The root of unbelief is disobedience. Disobedience lies in the moral loathing of authority. And in the pride of independence. Disobedience lies in the moral loathing of authority. Because the disobedience... It's because somebody is telling you how you should conduct yourself. Or whatever it is. Even at the job, people say, I can't stand my boss. Why? Because the boss is probably asking you to do things, whether you agree or not, that you just don't want to do. So we backbite, we complain, not to the boss. We yes the boss to death. But we'll go... And we probably, you know, cuss out to the wind and call him an idiot or call her an idiot or call her whatever. Or we go and we find people to... But it's rebellion. It is. Why? Because you do not respect the authority. Whether, they say, whether what they're doing is right or wrong is irrelevant. Is you just don't respect the authority. Okay? The same thing, the con- same thing with children... That's why children rebel. Because they're saying, I don't, be- I don't want to do things your way. I don't believe in what you believe. Mom and Dad, you're, you're old. Your thinking is old. I don't agree with what you're saying. You all don't know what you're doing. So I'm going to do it my way. That's rebellion. So it's a loathing of authority. So in the context here with the children of Israel, They are rebelling or loathing the authority of God. Because what God promised, He was taking them to a place of promise, a place to enter into His rest. But they rebelled because of their fear, because they don't trust Him. Alright? So a rebellious person always says and in this context we could say with the children of Israel who is Lord over me I don't want you to be Lord over me I don't want you to be telling me how to live my life why should I have to depend upon God many people in the world don't they don't well they don't believe in God and there are those who believe and said I don't want to serve that God I don't want him telling me how to live my life. Why should I have to depend on God? We are man. We got brains. We got science. We can, we can do stuff. We don't need to, God, technology is going to, we not God. We don't need God. Right? Why do I need Jesus Christ? I'm a good person. I treat everybody right. I don't need Jesus Christ. What are they saying? They're saying, God, your way doesn't apply to how I should live. I don't need Christ to be righteous. I don't need Christ to be a good person. I don't need Christ to go to heaven. I'm going to heaven because of all the good stuff I'm doing. You are rebelling against what God says is the standard. You're choosing to do things your own way. Basically, you're calling God a liar. Because the word of God says all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, right? And the Bible says we need a savior, who is Christ. God sent his only begotten son to die for our sins. So if we say we don't need him, we say, God, you're lying. Saying that we need a savior. We don't need a savior. That's rebellion. Alright? So unbelief leads to rebellion, which leads to further disobedience. The less a person trusts God, the more that person disobeys. And the more that person disobeys, the further away that person gets from God. So that's why I say today, when you hear His voice, do not harden your heart as in the day of rebellion. We always have to be, have a consciousness of all, relationship with the Father through Christ. The Word of God said, "No." In, in Psalm thirty-seven four, it says, "Delight yourself in the, also in the Lord, and he, has, he shall give you the desires of your heart." That word delight means to be soft and pliable. Delight yourself in the Lord means you have to be soft and pliable. Means what? You have to yield to the Word of God, and He will. When you do that, He will give you the desires of your heart. Okay. so when I was reading I was studying this I said wow those scriptures just came to me Wow, it, delight yourself in the book Lord, be soft and pliable one thing we have to remember that these scriptures are for our learning and examples that we will not that we will know how to conduct our lives so we can't say, you know, we read about these the Israelites and their behavior, and we say, how can these people? They saw all these miracles. God did this. He he parted the Red Sea. They walked through. He he brought. He put he, manna. He you saw a cloud by by day and fire by night, and still they're rebelling. Hindsight is twenty twenty. We're under a better covenant, and we still struggle. To walk in obedience to God's word. So we shouldn't be hard on, on the Jewish people. Even those now who are still walking in blind. They are blind. We should love them. As all the people who are non-Jews who are blind. They are all walking. Everyone, everyone is walking in darkness. So we should love all people uh, the same. Alright so let's go to the next uh, chapter Hebrews 4. That's just the next chapter. And verses 1 and 2 and then we're going to conclude. I want to show you something there. So Hebrews chapter 4 I'm going to start reading. You don't have to look for it. It's right there. Verses 1 and 2. Therefore. Now therefore is based on something preceding what he said. Preceding what was said. Therefore, since a promise remains of entering his rest. I'm not going to talk about that today. I'll talk about that later next time. Let us fear lest any of you seem to have come short of it. This is what I want to focus on. Verse 2. For indeed the gospel was preached to us as well as to them. But the word which they heard did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in those who heard it. See what it says here? Verse 2. The gospel was preached to us as well as to them. Who is them? The congregation. The congregation. They also heard the gospel, the good news. But they rejected it. Alright? So it says here, The word which they heard did not profit them because it was not mixed with faith. The word is of no use to us if it is not mixed with faith. Let me break it down a little bit for you. They heard the word, but they chose not to receive it. The Bible says, Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Right? That's how faith comes, by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. So they heard the word, But they chose not to receive it. For faith to come, you have to receive what you have heard. You can't harden your heart. It has to be soft and pliable. Then it can be received. All right, let me just. um, Faith is acting on what you have heard, it's not just hearing it only. Is acting on what you have heard. When you get saved. You heard about the salvation of Christ. What Christ did. You believed, You received it. You say Lord I believe this. So you received that seed. And that seed did something in your spirit. The Holy Spirit came in. And did something. So you are saved by faith. Grace through faith. Because it is not your power. God gives you the grace to be saved. It's the same principle here. They heard, because it says their gospel has preached to us as well as to them. They heard it but rejected it. Their hearts they weren't receiving it. Right? A heart cannot receive anything, a hard heart cannot receive anything, just as hard soil cannot receive a seed. The soil must first be broken up, and then the seed can be sown or received. Who has to break up the fallow ground, the hard ground? We do. God is not going to break it up for us. He will put us in situations where where we will choose, have to choose to be broken. Or we just make, we just very stubborn and we just don't want to be broken. But in any, whatever the case is, we have to make the choice. God will, this this is anything you ever remember, God will never ever go against your own will. He will always give you a choice. But we have to break up. When we hear something, many times it's like, I don't want to do this. This is hard. This is too hard. But then you have to say, Father, not my will, but your will. As my sister said, Lord, it's in your hands. I just let it go. It's in your hands. What is that? She's being soft and pliable. She's not trying to control the narrative. She says, Lord, you know what's going on. I'm trusting you to take care of it. Based on your word. Soft and pliable. So we have to break up the fallow ground. We have to make sure our heart's not hard. And that is what? Today. In every moment, we are always faced with something where we... Choose to obey God or not to obey the Spirit. That's, that's, that's important. That's very critical to our walk, daily walk. So just remember, the soul must first be broken up and then the seed can be sown and received. Again, in the heart of man, the choice is to receive or not to receive the Word of God. The choice is to act on or not act on that Word. So we have the choice to hear And we have the choice to act. Because it says faith without works is dead. So you have to act on what you have heard. When you act on what you have heard. That is a step of faith. Alright. You are not disobeying. So those who did not enter God's rest. Chose to rebel against God's word. Due to disobedience and their unbelief. Because they had a heart of rebellion. I don't like your ways Lord. I want to do it my way. So again, just to, sum, just to close out now. We have to pay attention and learn from these examples. Yes, they are nice Bible stories, but there is something we have to learn. Learn what? To trust God. To trust God's word and believe it. When we willfully, willfully disobey our heart is hard. And our heart will always be hard if we willfully disobey the word of God. Take God at his word. No matter what others are saying or doing. We cannot blame others for what is not or is happening in our lives. Let me repeat that. The children of Israel, the congregation listened to the leaders. But they all paid the price. The congregation can't blame the leaders for the decision they made individually. They all died. So God holds each one of them responsible for their own choice. Okay, So you can't blame other people for what is happening in your life or what is not happening in your life. Selah, watch what we say in relation to what the Lord has already said about us. Watch what we say in relation to what God has already said about us. Because if we speak contrary to what God says about who we are, we are calling him a liar. Oh, I never call God a liar? Yes you did. When you say I am when he says you are the righteous, you're born again, you are the righteousness of God. The righteousness is not yours, it's it's to my son. You say no, no, I'm not righteous, I'm no good, I'm you just say, Well, you don't believe my word? You're calling God a liar. People say, Oh, I love God, but I don't believe in Jesus. <laughs> Jesus is not He's not the savior. What do you you're calling God a liar? Yeah. Examine our heart and motives and repent of unbelief and any disobedience. Every day is an inventory. Every day is a searching. That's why we spend time in prayer. Because if you have a guilty conscience, it's very hard to come before God and pray. Because the Holy Spirit will bring it to your remembrance. Hey... Fix that before you come talk to the Father. And then you say, Okay, I'm going to repent. You're being soft and pliable. He can work with you. He can talk to you. God is patient and merciful. But He's also just. He does not reward rebellion. Doesn't reward it. Alright? right. Alright, so that's as far as I'm going to go today. So, next time, we will continue uh, with this series, Enter God's Rest. So, I hope you receive something today, in Jesus' name.